0: Welcome to another edition of Inside the Economy. I'm Larry Howes, thanks for joining me. This time I want to talk about the US markets, bond and stock. Touch on the labor market, there's been a lot of press recently and we gotta do a little bit of the coronavirus and business in China in general. There has been a rally in the bond market if you take a peek at the numbers. Yes, it's been positive, Yields are down, prices are up, bond markets doing great. We'll compare to the stock market here in a minute. Inflation picked up a teeny tiny bit. Headline is two and a half, core 2.3. Not bad news, it's just a change in the trend. I don't think anything dramatic is gonna come out of that in the foreseeable future. And interestingly enough, mortgages have really not come down when the rest of the bond market has gone down. People just, and institutions, are just not buying them. They're buying, going straight to treasuries. You've seen this before. The blue, that's the S&P 500. Yeah, it's doing great. The white, the yield on the 10-year, way down. Remember, when bond yields go down, the price goes up. That means we had a great rally in the bond market. And the stock market was doing well. This being Monday the 24th. We're pretty flat on the year. The market was down 900 points or something when I last looked at it. Not bad. You can attribute this to a lot of things. Might be the coronavirus, might be a lot of other things. We have been waiting for a correction for a long time. Maybe this is it, maybe not. What has changed is the S&P 500 has overvalued itself a little bit past where it ought to be based upon earnings, which we've followed very closely in the past. We've moved into a momentum market, meaning there's new money coming in, and for whatever reason, lack of alternatives, the S&P 500 continues to do well. It was up 6.5%, 7% just so far this year. Now we're at zero. The bond market has outperformed the stock market so far this year. Great. Is this the beginning of the great correction we've been waiting for for a long time? Maybe. Probably not. Either way, a momentum-driven market is okay. They can go on for years. We've had several examples of them going on for years. And we'll probably have higher stock valuations by the end of the year anyway. Again, very little chance of recession. Arithmetically, almost no chance of recession in 2020. The bond market has been doing well and yes, it's gonna have a great first part of the year outperforming the stock market, in some respects due to this. This is new money flowing into the bond funds. It's been going on slowly for years, but when you look at the numbers, that's $10 billion a month going into the bond market. Some of this is out of the stock market, some of this is out of savings, come all over the place, but they're going into the bond market. This is gold, it's had a good day, Frequently when the stock market has a bad couple of days, investors switch to gold, fine. I don't think it's a huge trend. New job openings have been down. They've been heading down for a couple of years. That's what you get when you get a relatively robust labor market like this. A lot of quits, a lot of moving on. Some respects there's people that have been paid a lot more than others. There's always natural little disparity between who gets big raises and who doesn't. Regardless, you gotta look at the consumers when you're looking at the labor market. How are they spending? Are they not paying back their debt? Here's credit cards. The 10 numbers here, which is the 18 to 29-year-olds, have a few more 90 days or older debt problems with their credit cards, up at about 8.5%, 9%. Nothing compared to what it was in 2008, but everybody else all borrowers, they like to call them, were still down of four and a half approximately, were historically they've always been when times were fine. Total US consumer credit card balances now nine hundred and thirty billion. New record? Pretty much. Total US household debt fourteen point two approximately trillion. Of that, basically ten trillion are mortgages. Are those new record numbers? Eh, pretty much. Consumer spending too much? No. Their income is way up. Their net worth is way up. Spending is not so bad. No inflation. It's not a sector to worry about. There are some counties out there that do considerably better than other counties, and labor statistics comes up with this. Interestingly enough, Boulder counties, top of the country for the last 12 months, 18.5% wage increases. You don't have to wonder very long why. That's a very sophisticated, very technologically oriented county, and the jobs there are very attractive, they're very competitive, and those people get paid. And you look at the counties here, Weld County, another one in Colorado in the top 10, which is just the bedroom community for the Boulder people. You know, Longmont, it's not about Greeley, it's Longmont and the rest of the stuff. Those people make money, they want services, They leave big tips, they spend. There is the bulk of the good consumer numbers that you see in the statistics. I don't mean to be degrading, but you don't go to the middle of Mississippi and look for good consumer spending because it isn't there. It's where the new and high paid jobs are. And you notice two of the counties down there in California have negative numbers. That's just the trend. The other side of the labor market is how are the unions doing? Well, this is the number of days in millions of lost days due to work stoppages, which is a nice way of saying a strike. And you can tell even from the 90s, the trend is significantly lower. And that's very much the trend, and that's not going to slow down because union membership is clearly on the decline. It just so happens that the GM strike turned up here and pushed the number of days because there was a lot of people out of work. Unions aren't driving labor changes anymore, nearly compared to what they used to, and that those days are over. There's been a couple of questions about, gee, the government is out of hand with its deficit, deficit spending. The CBO, the Congressional Budget Office, came out with this, basically the trend between revenues and spending. There's nothing dramatic. We don't have an economic crisis, so they're not spending buckets of money to keep things liquid they're pretty much on trend. What isn't in here is the magic year of 2025, one of a lot of the tax breaks that are in the current tax program, sunset. Granted, people are gonna talk about that and think about that between now and 2025, but federal deficit, not much we can do about that at this point. Well, we have to talk about the virus. Here are the cases. Pretty obvious that the bulk of them are in China. South Korea is bad now. Japan is bad, in many respects, because of that boat. Italy is bad. Everywhere else, you'll have to look. You know, there are the deaths, the recovered. It's just going to play itself out. Flues come in seasons. SARS, Ebola, they all come in seasons. But they're also not going away. As long as we have contact with domesticated animals, we're going to get those viruses, chickens, pigs, cows, ducks, whatever it is, we're gonna deal with it. And China has paid an extraordinary economic cost for this. Though there has been some leaks in the quarantine, it has fundamentally been kind of controlled. Now, two sides of this. If China is in lockdown, then the Chinese aren't traveling. And if they were traveling, you probably wouldn't want them anyway. Just so you know, 2018, Chinese tourists contributed $35 billion to the U.S. economy. They come in droves, they go to Los Angeles, they enjoy themselves. That ain't happening in 2020. That'll be an issue and part of the economic hit that the U.S. will have with the coronavirus. But it's nothing like what the Chinese have to deal with right now. I've mentioned before that the end of March this year, there's a huge number of dollar denominated bonds, debt due in China, the end of March. A lot of these companies have these bonds that are coming due because banks in China run in cycles. If you're a medium-sized business in China, you have 25,000 employees. They live in barracks, you feed them, you pay them, you keep them busy and you've probably been closed. Your market's been closed. Your retail outlets have been closed. Your dealerships have been closed, whatever it is, for at least a month. But you're still paying everybody and you're still feeding them. The question is, how much cash do you have before you run out? Because you aren't borrowing any more right now. Here are the numbers. A lot of them, one month, they're out of cash. They got debt due here at the end of March. Two months, three months, they're out of cash. Now, one of the advantages of China is basically the party just has to pick up the phone and call the bank and say, oh, we'll push everything out for another year, which they'll very likely do. But you're taking a huge chunk of growth, a huge chunk of GDP, a huge chunk of transactions out of the system because everybody's shut down dealing with this virus. This is hard economic news, and don't believe for a minute that the Chinese aren't paying a price for this. Well, that's the way it is right now. Don't worry about even if we get a 20% correction in the U.S. stock market. That's not dramatic. It's not bad news. We've been waiting for it for a while. We might get it. We might not based upon the virus. Hopefully, it'll be something else. Either way, there's not a lot of drama out there, and I'm always happy to deal with questions and issues. Just send them to me at info at Thanks for joining me.